Let's pray together and ask God to open up our hearts as we open up His Word. Father, You are so good. You're worthy to be praised. We're grateful that You have called us by name. What an amazing thing to be adopted into Your family. So, Holy Spirit, as we open Your Word, I pray that You would speak to us that you would change our minds where we need to change them. pray that you'd help us to see Jesus more clearly. And we pray all these things in the strong name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 It is a, a good day. If, if were, Was anybody up early enough before the sun got up that you got to experience sub-70 degree temperatures? Yeah. Amen. Ryan, that... Man, Ryan, you've never been closer to the Spirit in Florida, have you? <laughs> it's just something about it, man. But uh, yeah, so we've been in a series called Hive Mind. And what we've been talking about is the mind of Christ. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and this isn't going to be on the screen, but it's really the thesis or the premise of what we've been talking about. And Paul makes two statements in one. And the first part we get. And the second part we got to work at. But the first part, he says, who can know the mind of Christ? And so every week we've been saying, who can know the mind of Christ? And it wouldn't take us long, right, for you and I to look around our world. Or if we sat down for coffee, for you to learn about my life and me to learn about yours. That it wouldn't take us very long, maybe just a minute or two, to realize that there's things in this world that we don't understand. That we need something outside of us to take control of what's inside of us or to take control over the things that we can't control. Even just as recent as a hurricane, right? As we we look in the panhandle and we see the destruction and devastation that even just the creation can bring. And we look at that and we don't understand that and, and, and we cry out in those moments, you know, you know great are you, Lord. Like we, we don't understand that. And there's things that are broken. And then we can bring it back into our own life. Into your week and your family and your job. And then you can look around and say, there's just some things that I, that I don't understand. There's some things that are bigger than me. There are some things that I need God to step in on. But that's when Paul makes the second part of the statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So he says... Our reality is who can know the mind of Christ? But then he says this, he says, but you, if you know Christ, if you're in the family of God, you have the mind of Christ. That it's truth and it's reality for you. But what does that look like? How how do we step into that as a follower of Jesus. So if you have a Bible, go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. The first few verses of this chapter are just medicine for anyone's soul. So, um, but as you're turning there, one, one, of the, one of the interesting things about this is, is, again, this is, and I've been trying to point this out, that Paul is writing to churches like ours and saying things to us that are still applicable to us right now. That what he wrote thousands of years ago to an urban city is still applicable to you and I today. And next week we're going to kick off a series through the book of Galatians. And it's going to be 
more in the same. There's going to be uh, help for you where you're at. So it's going to be great. But as you come to Colossians chapter 3, he starts with this word, if. Lift up your voice and say, if. Because there's a thing that has to happen for this message to be true for you. Here's what he says. If then you have been raised with Christ. Raised there implies that you were down. That there was death prior to this life that Christ has given. I don't know all of your stories inside and out. And and I I wouldn't be doing my job as a pastor or as a preacher of God's word if we didn't take just a moment to say, if that is not your reality, would you make today the day? Would today be the day that you cross the line of faith? It's really simple. We try to talk about it every week. That Jesus says if you confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. There's no magic shot. There's no magic pill. There's no magic anything. It's a truth that God came to this earth 2,000 years ago in the form of Jesus and did for you what you could never do for yourself. And whatever you're searching for, it can be found in Christ. And so as we come to that, let's remember even for those of us who are in Christ that there was a point at which you were dead in your sins. And what does the Bible say? At I love this phrase. At just the right time. Scripture says. Christ died for you. Wow. And it, it's in that moment that Paul says. If you've been raised with Christ. You can feel his pastor's heart here. Seek the things. That are above. Where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds. This is your choice. He's done his part. Now it's your choice to set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Isn't it easy in your life and in mine? Maybe I'll just go. It's easy in my life to get caught up in the cares of this world. Can I get a good amen at church today? (laughs) If you can't amen anything else, I know you can amen that because I don't think you're that much different than me. I mean, you are. But there's a few things that bring us together, aren't there? It's easy to get caught up in the cares of this world. It's easy to get lost in the problems and the and the and the winds of life, right? It's easy to get lost in celebrating and and. Uh, defeat and and all the things that life brings. There's so many cares in this world. And Paul says, if you've been raised to life, you have the God-given ability, the God-given power to change your thinking, to set your mind on things that are out of this world, literally is what that text is saying. To take and make a conscious decision in every situation to think about the things of God. He goes on here, he says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things of earth. Verse 3, for you have died 
for some of you today, maybe this is the next step you need to take. It's time for you to have that funeral. We sang about this old life being gone and this new life coming. We're going to read this text that's going to talk about this new life being given. But the first thing that you're told is that your old person has died. Where does the power to set your mind on Christ come from? By putting to death the old you. Some of you need to have that funeral. That, that you, need, you need to lead old you. No, I'm not going to go there. That's too graphic. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to talk about... No, I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you later if you want to know. But we have to do that. Because look, look what he's going to go on. Jump down to verse 5. He's going to say, put to death. What is earthly in you? Put to death what is earthly in you. There's there's other scriptures that are going to say, take your sin and nail it to the cross. <laughs> this is graphic. Paul, why is it? Why is Paul so graphic about that? Because isn't sin so graphic in your life? Isn't it? Isn't it the sins? and earthly desires of this world that have caused you the most pain? Isn't it the choices that you and I have made with the earthly desires in us? Look, he's going he's gonna to list them. Verse, verse 5 there. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. Why is it such a big deal? Because it's idolatry. What are the idols in your heart today? What are, what are the things that you've erected to satisfy you in the place of God? What, what are those things? Paul lists a few. He's going to go on. He's going to say in verse 8, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Don't lie to each other, seeing that you have put off the old self. Where, where are you today? You see, because we're a good news church, but you never get to the good news without going through the bad news, right? See, there's a reason that you needed to be raised to life, isn't there? Even when you put your hope and trust in Christ, how many of you know that it's a process? to be renewed in the image of Christ. Because here's, here's how he says it in the text. Verse 10, And having put on the new self that is being renewed in the after the image of its creator. You see the death and the renewal, that's a process, isn't it? That what, what is a spiritual reality is an earthly process. That's the West, the life we live. But we're given some things here that are going to help us have the mind of Christ because in every situation of your life, you get to choose the mind of Christ or the mind of the flesh because we get the choice of where to set our mind. We can choose who's in charge. But he keeps going here in verse 11. Because here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. It's a message for our culture, isn't it? 
It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what nation you're from. It doesn't matter what uh, job you have. It doesn't matter anything about that. That in Christ, we can be one. We can be one. I I sing the song to my two-year-old every night, right? You know it. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Nobody's excluded from that. The Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. What's the result? Verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. We sang a song today. I am who you say I am. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how much you've been through. It is, it, it is always balm to your wounds to listen to that, that when you are God's chosen person, you are holy and beloved. Not because of anything you've done, but because of everything that Jesus has done. Amen? That's always good news. But as that, we get to put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one is a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. It's a lot there, and we can't go through all of it, but what I do want to do is as you consider the mind of Christ, as you consider... What does it look like for me to live out that promise that Paul gave me, that I have the mind of Christ? He's given some sort of boots on the ground instructions that every day that you wake up, you can look in the mirror and tell yourself a few things and make a few decisions. Four things. The first one, if you're taking notes, they'll be in your worship guide. You can fill them in or you can get on the YouVersion Bible app and uh, go under events and you'll find the same notes that are in the worship guide there if you're a tech person but number one and comes straight out of the text is that if you live in this world you have to long for the next if you live in this world you have to long for the next look at what he says again in verse one if you're raised in christ seek the things that are above where christ is seated at the right hand of god why is that so important Why is it so important for me when I get up to seek the things that are above? Because the things down here will lie to you. Do you ever think about that? That that every day that you get up and, and, and Satan puts a worry of this world in your heart that it's a lie? If you don't do that thing, the world will continue. If you do that thing, there are going to be people who never notice. <laughs> and and if you if you drop the ball but we can go to the other side, right? Like so, some of us are just self-righteous. Some of us some of us we 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 lean into the fact that people need us. We we lean into the fact that we can get stuff done. We lean into the fact that and you fill in the blank for you. 
but but it's both sides, right? It's both sides. We we can either get into the fact that we are one way or the other, and and it can become an idol for us, can it? And when we get so wrapped up in our family, or we get so wrapped up in our job, or we get so wrapped up in our school, or we get so wrapped up in our play, or we get so wrapped up in our money, or whatever it is, the cares of this world are a lot. And no matter who you are or what those are, you're going to struggle with it. And Paul says, if you are raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Set your mind. There, another translation says it this way, and I like it better. It says, set your affection on the things above. Set your mind. Set your affection. Not on things of the earth. Should we just take a little vote. Hard or easy, <laughs> right? Like every hand would say hard. Because it's not about what you can do. What, what, why, is he, why is the choice you have where to put your mind? Because you have the choice to choose who's boss, right? You have the choice to choose whether you're going to be boss and live in death or whether Jesus is going to be boss and live in life. That's literally your choice every day. That, that I'm going to do it my way and experience death or do it his way and experience life. That's our choice. It says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things of the earth, because you have died. <laughs> How's that good news? Because you're a liar. I should be real with you this morning. The, the things that your heart tells you that you want, tells you will fill you up and satisfy you, most likely will not. But when we go back and we align those things with the heart and mind of Christ, we'll experience satisfaction in ways we've never experienced it before. That's what the text says. Verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. While you live in this life, you've got to long for the next. When you long for when Christ appears, I'll appear in glory, it'll change your perspective on the way you live here. Those, those sexual desires, those impure desires, those passion desires, the evil desires, the covetousness, the anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, lying, all of those things, all of those things that we struggle with, we can put them to death because we long for something that's better. And when your eyes are fixed out here, what's tempting right here is a whole lot easier to overlook. Does that make sense? It's kind of like driving a car. When I remember, never forget when I was driving a car, I had a really hard time staying in the lines, right? Because like, you just think like it's easy to drive down the middle, but when you're not sitting in the middle, it's not easy to drive down the middle. Amen, any new drivers? Yeah, yeah. All right. Not to point fingers at anybody. But, right? And what did my dad tell me as I was waffling back and endangering everybody's life? He said, you got you to gotta look out. You got to look out. When you look out, you'll be steadier in here. That didn't make any sense to me, but it does now. Right? There's something about the way God made us 
to look out. When I look out, I do better in here. And what Jesus is saying through the pen of Paul is that in your life, when you look out, when you long for, when Christ who is your life, when Christ is all in all, the text says. And I'm just looking out there saying, oh, I just want to be with you. Suddenly, anger, wrath, now they seem a little bit, a little bit more silly, don't they? Seems a little bit more of a waste of my time. Those fleeting sexual desires seem a little bit more of a waste of my time than, than that, than God. When we live in this world, we're supposed to long for the next. If you've been raised with Christ, you are longing. We sang a song, the, we're going to sing another one, The Best is Yet to Come. Well, what is that talking about? That we long for what's next. <laughs> and when we long for what's next, we get better at what's now. <laughs> it's amazing. Number two, the mind of Christ comes from another world. You know, we're longing for this other world, but also our power to live now comes from that world. Think about it. Look at, look at what verse three says. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ. You're dead, but you're still living. In Christ. Look at verse 5. Put to death what is earthly in you. Look at verse 10. And put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. You know, we're baptizing people next week. It's the perfect picture of this, okay? You're dead underwater. And when you're brought out of that, what is it picturing? That Jesus died for you because you're dead. And when he was raised out of that tomb and you are raised out of that water, we say this phrase, raised to walk in newness of life. Why do we say that? This is why we say that. Because we're we are identifying and proclaiming to the church that old me is dead when you put me under the water. That's why we love to dunk people around here. You died with Christ in the tomb. Your sin on his cross died. Then you're brought back new. It's an amazing thing. The mind of Christ comes from another world. Our earthly desires are just idols that are, that, that are cheap imitations of grace. Because what we really need, we can't see because our view is blocked by an earthly idol. That's what he says. He says, you know, put to death these earthly desires. Why? Because it's idolatry. What kind of idols have you erected in your heart that are blocking your view of Christ? What's in the way? I was telling the first service, I, I, I was thinking about the, the life of Gideon, right? He's just a great, it's just a great picture of us, right? In Judges 6 and, and following. And God comes to him and he's hiding because he's scared out of his mind in a wine press that's his dad's. And God comes to him and, and says, Gideon, get up, you mighty man of valor. I'm going to use you to do great things. And Gideon's like, what? I paraphrase that, but that's essentially what he said. Okay? And he's like, D- listen, appreciate the thought, but... You've got the smallest kid in the smallest family in the smallest tribe in the smallest nation and I'm going to do what you're saying? You got the wrong you got the wrong guy, man. And Jesus is like, "Perfect." Why? 
1 Corinthians 1.27. God uses the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And what's, the, what's one of the first things that Gideon goes and does? He starts tearing down his family's idols. And then he goes and hides because it's really scary to tear down your family's idols, right? He goes and hides again. And, and that's our story, you know, that, that we have to go and tear down no matter how scary it seems. See, one of the lies that Satan's going to tell you is that if you confront those things and deal with those things and expose those things, that nobody's going to be there for you. And that's just not true. It's just not true. Uh, where light comes, freedom comes. The Bible says that if you know the truth, the truth will set you free, but it's not going to feel like it because Satan walks around seeking whom he may devour. It's not going to feel like it, but the mind of Christ comes from this other place and as you tear down idols, you're going to be able to see Jesus, our earthly desires, put to death. Number three, spiritual power comes from Christ. The beginning of verse four says, Christ is your life. We, we talk all the time about Acts 1.8 and, and other places that talk about this, this power that's available to you. What does it mean to have the mind of Christ? It means to set your mind on things where Christ is. And Christ is your life. The mind of Christ is to have your mind set on Christ. Here, here's an easy way to think about it. I, I mentioned before, you know, you get to choose who's boss, but think, think about that on a more practical level in your life. Don't think about your neighbor. Don't think about your husband. Don't think about your wife. Don't think about your kids. All right? And you kids, don't think about your parents. All right? Whatever it is, you and the Lord. Are, are, are you a fan or are you a follower? Because see, it's, sometimes it's really easy when, when you look at these things, it's easy to show up at church and do the God thing and, and maybe sing some songs and maybe serve on a team and, and do this and, and never be transformed into the image of God. Not, and, and, and even and maybe you're in the self-righteous camp where, where you're just focused on all these things that you're doing. Am I getting that right? Am I getting this right? Am I following here? Am I doing that? And, and, and you're so focused on you that you can't see Jesus. You see, because whichever side of that you're on, uh, you, you might just be a fan. Think about it as three doors. Behind door number one is a true disciple of God who is putting to death their earthly desires, not because they can do it, but because they've seen something better. They've seen something better out there in the distance. Christ who is our life. Behind door number two, though, is a Pharisee. Maybe you've been in church for a long time. Maybe, maybe you have the knowledge. Maybe you have the know-how. And, and you're just you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's and making sure your pastor's crossing his T's and dotting his I. And I need that. I get it. But maybe you need to put to death that earthly desire to be noticed. That earthly desire to get it right. And just set your mind on Christ. Christ or this perfect picture of what you think your life and church and job and kids ought to be. Jesus is your life. He can handle it. There's a third door though. Maybe you stumbled in here and you're just a heathen. You're in here but you either got drug here or you just came here so somebody would 
you know, leave you alone. But you don't love Jesus. And I, I just need I just need you to know that that road leads to death. The Bible says there's two roads. One's narrow and there's not a lot of people on it. And it leads to life because Jesus is there. Jesus is out at the end of that. But there's a broad road that leads to death because Satan's there. And it looks good, it smells good, it feels good, but how many of you know that what feels good isn't always what is good? We've got to set our mind on Christ. Spiritual power comes from Christ. Acts 1.8 says that the Holy Spirit will come on you with power, but for something very specific, not so you can do many signs and wonders and be awesome. It says so that you can be my witness. And that's the fourth thing, that living hidden in Christ will mean being open to the world. There's an end game that as you love Jesus, you will not be able to help but love people. Look at how Paul goes and ends this letter. You get into chapter 4, just a little bit farther into verse 5 of chapter 4, and here's what, it, here, here's what he says to the people as he's wrapping up his letter. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. That's the mission. Sharing freedom experiencing freedom by setting your mind on Christ, having the mind of Christ. But what was the mind of Christ? Not my will, Father, but yours be done. He taught us how to pray. He said that your kingdom would come on earth just as it is in heaven. So wherever you are right now, here's what I do know is that we all, whether we're a Pharisee or a heathen, or somewhere in between, we all today can come back and say, I need to set my affection on Jesus. And if you set your affection on Jesus, all those other things down here, if you look out there, all those things down here will find their perspective. (laughs) Hebrews says it this way, the author of Hebrews says it, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. To, to get the results here that you want, you've got to look up there. It's all about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. We'll have the band come back up. They're going to they're gonna lead us in a song of response. And I want you to just listen to the words today. Nothing crazy. I just want you to listen to the words today. I want you to listen and pour out your heart to God. Because that's all we have, right? You know, like... James says it this way, your life is like a vapor. It's going to be here and then it's going to be gone. And if you truly put that into practice, there's only a few things here that matter. There's only a few things here that matter. I, I got to deal with those idols every day. And so do you. But, but together, we as the church can declare that those idols do not deliver, but Jesus does. So whatever it is that you thinking that you need to will you just tear down that idol in the presence of Jesus and his people today will you just lift your hands to God
and set your mind on things above because that's the mind of Christ. And then he'll lead you to be a light where it's dark. That, that, that is why we do what we do. So why don't you stand with me and listen to these words and sing these words, but pray. Bring those things to the Lord and set your affection on things above.